Welcome to the Short Score, the Team Roping Journal's weekly updates from the team roping world, including from Pro Rodeo, Major Jackpots, USTRC, and World Series of Team Roping Qualifiers, and more, with hosts Chelsea Schaefer and Caitlin Gustav. Hi, Caitlin. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Short Score. We are back from an off week. I'm so sorry we missed last week, guys. That was... I am sorry. It was Caitlin's fault. It was Actually, fault. it was JD's fault. Yeah. Thanks, JD. Yates, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so last week we were off because Caitlin was at the Yates compound um, shooting some instructional articles, some bunch mm-hmm. of fun stuff that you're going to see coming up in this upcoming issue, which is the August issue that we're working on right now. Mm-hmm. So stand by for more from uh, on Hackamores with J.D. Yates, which I'm kind of excited about learning more about Hackamores. Yeah. Yeah. I got like a little bit of tips while I was down there about mm-hmm. them. Pretty excited. You learned a lot? That's I did good. learn a lot. Perfect. You always learn a lot when you're down there. I can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, this week on the short score, mm-hmm. we have Garrett Tanazi, who just won his second consecutive WCRA mm-hmm. championship. This time it was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That is very exciting. We're so happy for Garrett and Joe Mattern. Joe has an instructional piece in this upcoming issue of the Team Repping Journal in the July issue that you mm. did with him from when he won Guyman. Uh-huh. Um, but right now this week we have Garrett, who we called and chatted with just this morning as he was getting his trailer loaded to head out for the summer. Um, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. But before... Uh, before we get to Garrett, we have lots of pro radio updates. Lots of updates. John Alley and Clark Attic won Fort Smith, Arkansas. They were 4-2. Uh, they added $3,282 to their earnings. Um, then we have in Alberta, Canada, Dawson and Dylan Graham won Grand Prairie, um, Alberta, they were 3-7, and they uh, added $2,292 to their earnings. Um, more Alberta, Canada news. Brenton Hall and Chase Tryon, they're kind of rodeoing up there right now. Between two rodeos, Brenton Hall and Chase Tryon won $3,261 um, to their earnings. Super awesome. Uh, Santa Maria, we've obviously you've seen a lot about Kyle Lockett. He's leading the world standings still. Um, he's obviously going to the finals this year. Him, he's healing for Lane Carney. Um, they tied Dallas Owen and Taylor Winters for first with a 6.5-second run, and that paid $3,642 to each. Lane's got himself a decent little circuit run. He really does. <laughs> he really does, I would say. <laughs> That's not bad. Um and then, from what I could see, the high money earners from the weekend were Manny Agasquiza Jr. and Dustin Searcy. They added a total of $4,764 to their earnings. Um, they won Hugo, Oklahoma, with a 4.8-second run, and they tied Nelson Wyatt and Levi Lord at Fort Smith, Arkansas, with a 4.3-second run. So that's awesome for them. Um, I believe Manny's leading the Texas Circuit standings right now, um, and Dustin's Round fourth, I think, fourth or fifth. So that's really good for them in the circuit. Go Rio. You right. can tell the story about Rio on our <laughs> website. Um, and then Brandon Webb and Colin Vaughn, 
They added $2,128 to their earnings. They won Bennington, Kansas with a 5.8 second run. They tied three-way tie at Hugo for six with a 5.5 second run. And they also placed six at Strong City, Kansas with a 6.7 second run. Ty Struza and Daniel Ibarra. They won Central Point, Oregon with a 5.6 second run. They added $2,346 to their earnings. Um, And then Zach Kilgis and Jake Edwards. So they won the average at CrossFit, Arkansas. Uh, They were 12.7 seconds on two head. They placed fourth in the first round with a 5.9, third in the second round with a 6.8 second run. Uh, They added a total of $2,490 to their earnings. Wow, representing the first frontier circuit. Yeah. I don't know if that's what the circuit they're claiming these days, but <laughs> they are originally from the first frontier circuit. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's that for Pro Rodeo News. Um, then we had a few World Series Europeans this weekend. Um, I was down at the one in Pueblo, Colorado, and it was a great turnout. Um, that Open had a lot of teams in it. I hadn't seen an open that big in the mountain states for a while, so that was sweet. Cool. Um, to see all those people join. Um, I'm glad there were a lot of guys there in the open, guys mm-hmm. and girls, because they're getting to qualify for the open finale presented by the Team Roping Journal. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> in Vegas this year. This is going to be really new, really exciting, and you wrote a story about it that mm-hmm. people can look forward to in the July issue. Yeah, keep a lookout. Back in the magazine. Yeah, and get, <laughs> get those open qualifying spots in. Yeah, that's exciting. Big stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Big winner I saw, um, that Holly Riggin. Yeah. She, a couple weeks ago, she won the Rope the Rockies Jeff Smith Productions Mile High Truck Roping. Mm-hmm. Won the truck. Super sweet. She won the number 8.5 in Pueblo. Um, she's on a heater. She's on a heater. I remember I didn't even watch her first two runs, and I sat there and I watched her third run, and I was like, she's high call. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way. And they announced, all right, those teams high call back. I was like, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she came in clutch right there. Um so, yeah, Pueblo was a great roping. Um, and then the California shootouts in Porterville, California. Again, the high money ropers um, was in the 8.5. That was Tony Robertson and Albert Aguayo. Uh, they were 41.6 on forehead, and they split $9,530. Awesome. Yep. All right. If hearing about that makes you want to enter ropings, coming up this weekend, Hamilton, Texas, um, Shelly Productions has a qualifier with the 12 Heartland. Um, there's a JX2 in Sarasota, Florida, um, Friday. Um, it starts Friday, June 7th. Spanish Fork, Utah has a double dollar World Series qualifier that starts on Friday. Mile City, Montana has a WTRC quali- World Series qualifier that starts on Saturday. And Powell Butte, Oregon has a Flying R Ventures World Series of Team Roping qualifier. Also this weekend, Fort St. John, British Columbia has a Canadian World Series of Team Roping qualifier produced by Short Go Productions. Um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, there's an 11 through 8 qualifier produced by Walt Eddy on Sunday. Um, and then we will move into the USTRC's qualifiers. All right, there's just a couple things in the USTRC coming up this weekend. Um, there's a USTRC South Florida Classic, um, J3 Ranch and Arena, Sarasota, Florida. That is June 7th through the 9th. And then there's an NTRL in Campbell, New York at Osborne Arena um, on the 8th. 
hey, if you have heard of Osborne Arena, you've got to check out. We'll make it, um, we'll put it right at the front of our website um, about Will Osborne and Osborne Arena. That is a super cool place. It's a national finals, a team roping, earnings roping there produced. Um, it's an in affiliation with the NTRL. So you've got to check that roping out if you are in the Northeast. All right. And without further ado, we will give you Garrett Tanazi. Garrett Tanazi. <laughs> yeah, this was a fun one. Stand by for more. This is an off week of the score proper, so we won't have a big, long interview on Thursday. Uh, but go back, listen to the Ren Richard interview, um, and then coming up, we've got lots of stuff planned. We've got lots of interviews in the bank, and we've got some fun surprises coming for the summer. All right, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for being on the short score this morning, Garrett. Uh, I'm excited to be back on. I'm excited you're back on, too. This is crazy. (laughs) Do you feel... So, I mean, there's no way to talk about this without talking about your experience at the George Strait, and now you've won two $62,500 checks to the WCRA. Like, how do you feel about it? Is the... Is the insanity of this, like, hitting you, or is it escaping you completely? <laughs> I mean, not yet. It's kind of sunk in now that we're back home, but uh, it's just an amazing opportunity, to be honest with you. The WCRA has set up something for cowboys to go have a chance to rope and ride at that kind of money. It's just it's an amazing opportunity. It really is. We sat in your pickup at Canyon City, and we recorded episode four of the score, and that was like the week that they announced the WCRA, the creation of the WCRA last year, and you were like, man, I don't know. I don't know if people are going to nominate. That's a lot of money in entry fees. Like, it's kind of doubling your entry fees. You were, I mean, you weren't like all in. You thought it was cool, a good opportunity, right? But like, tell me about your transition, or your evolution. Well, to be honest with you, as soon as I heard uh, that there was going to be a million-dollar one-night rodeo, I was like, well, I mean, there, there's no way not to go nominate. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it does cost, you know, a couple hundred bucks extra. You have to give yourself a chance to rope at that kind of money. So that was kind of my mindset on it that, I mean, Anytime somebody's going to put up that kind of money, you you better be there if you're doing this for a living. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, do you have you always been clutch? Like when you, <laughs> when you were a kid, were you always super good in pressure situations, or have you messed up in pressure situations way more times than we know about? And these couple just have made you famous. No, I. I've always been pretty clutch. Uh, they, I remember like the first time I was ten. I think I was ten or eleven years old. I was high call at my or the first time I was high call at a U.S. Open, and my granddad walked up to me, was jacking with me right before I rode in the box. He's like, "Can you spit? Can you spit?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember, uh, I mean, catching that steer, and I still remember it to this day, like it was yesterday. But. Uh, I've always been pretty clutch in the short rounds. I mean, obviously, you've missed some throughout your career or you weren't in enough short rounds, but most of the time I uh, seem to catch in the short round. Can you take me to your headspace? Like, what? where do you go to when you are riding into the box in the short round? What are you thinking about? Are you not thinking? Are you just so easygoing that it doesn't matter? 
Well, I mean, to be honest with you, the f- first thing that went through my head is, oh my God, Luke Brown just missed. That did not go through my head before the, the uh, final two of there. Like, I just knew Luke and Paul were going to make a great run and we were going to have to beat them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it threw me completely off my game when Luke missed. I was shocked. You never see that guy miss. So yeah. I was just like, I, I, I guess we just need to catch here. And uh, I mean, go on. You. Going through my head during the run was, oh my God, the steer's coming into me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, whole, my whole plan was I was going to break the barrier and uh, keep the steer off to the right where, you know, the, the building was so little. I mean, I was just, my plan was to break the barrier and just keep him to the right and make it easier. Well, I broke the barrier and he still came left and it threw the whole run off. It was uh, not the prettiest run, but talk about clutch. Little Joe came through again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he is he is clutch, that's for sure. Did those couple seconds up the wall seem like an eternity? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I was like I was like, Oh my god, I'm not gonna get him turned where Joe can even throw before the fence <laughs> and then of course he just sneaks it by the fence and hammers in, so That was crazy. Uh, I knew what happened before I watched the video playback from the WCRA. Yeah. But I was still a nervous wreck. Like, when I saw how it came together, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Me, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about Brittany. What was her reaction? Is she just cool, calm, and collecting, like, hey, good job, bro? Or was she, was she, like, jumping up and down screaming for you? No, she was pretty stoked. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, we had Tinley with us, so it was, and she was having a hard night, and we didn't have any help, so it was it was hard switching back and forth with Brittany running and like that format. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it was. I mean, like they she tried to bring Tinley out to me during the interview, and uh, they were leading my horse off and she thinks disco is her horse so she was freaking out just screaming yelling yelling my horse disco and i would i mean i was just like oh my gosh at least he ever get quick <laughs> now tell me about that mare i mean i just know how fast she is i i didn't know if we would expect you to be riding her in all these tiny buildings in every setup tell me a little bit more about her Man, me either until about the week before Chicago. Yeah. Um, they, I started practicing on her for Chicago. Like, I had kind of gave her off uh, all of December because I went out to the finals with Brittany and stuff, and then we we stayed in Colorado for Christmas and all that. I had the whole month of December off, and I was like, man, I better start getting her up and make sure I can even ride her in this kind of setup. And from day one of practicing, she felt amazing doing it. So, I mean, that, that mirror is just... That's the best horse I've ever owned. She, uh, I've never seen a horse take two rodeo on like her. You know, most horses, you're like, oh, it, it'll take them a couple years to get them seasoned. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just, she went right to it. And uh, she just, she learned so fast. She's so trainable. She's amazing. How did she end up a barrel horse, or excuse me, a head horse and not a barrel horse? They, um, I, you know, I... That I've heard so many stories by now, you can imagine. But mm-hmm. um, I, the, what I understand is she just got too hot in the barrels, and mm-hmm. I could see that. I mean, she's very hot blooded. You know, you gotta you gotta be patient with her. That's for sure. But as good as she is, she's you know she's worth the time. But um, I, I just heard they kind of blew her up on the barrels, and then um, 
shoulder to the Briggs's and uh, Justin worked cows on her for a year or two before he even started heading on her and then uh, went to heading on her and same thing for him just uh, took right to it and he took her to a few jackpots and rode her at the World Series finals and then I bought her last winter. And she's hot-minded. What do you have to do with her um, to keep her? To be honest with you, if she wasn't a mare and a streak of fling, I'm not sure I would have bought her. <laughs> she was, uh, I mean, she, she's a handful. She really is. Uh, but she fit right into our breeding program perfect, so that was just a bonus on top of it. I mean, she felt like an amazing head horse when I did buy her, but it was like, man, is she too hot to take rodeo? And you know what I mean? Can yeah. she take it day in and day out? And um, uh, obviously, I'm really glad I bought her. She took right to rodeo, and it's just such a risk there for, you know, to, to take them from jackpotting to rodeo, and you never know if they're going to take it. And uh, she's just one of those that took right to it. I have never heard a team roper say, if she wasn't a mare and she wasn't a sugar swing, <laughs> I wouldn't have bought her. That's definitely a first. <laughs> I guess you know who I'm married to. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There's no way my husband, my husband's married to a barrel racer too, and I'm pretty sure he would never have said those words. I'm 100% sure, in fact. <laughs> um, it was okay. just, yeah, honestly, it was just the perfect timing. Uh, we had a streak of flame that uh, Brittany was fraternity and that we were going to keep for the breeding program, mm-hmm. and we ended up just selling her and keeping Disco for our breeding program. So it, gotcha. it worked out sure. great. Has Brittany ever taken her on the barrels? No, nope. and Tinley have, though. And Tinley <laughs> thinks she is the best girl horse on the place. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, everyone. Before you get into this episode of The Short Score, I want to tell you a little bit about who is on our June cover of the Team Open Journal. If you're a subscriber, if you follow us on social media or check out our website, you've probably seen it. This guy in a red shirt on a red horse, and his name is Brad Barkmeyer. He is one of the trainers for Horse and Rider On Demand. It's one of our sister companies. Horse and Rider On Demand is an online video platform where you can find a free trial of all the horse training videos you could possibly digest. And there's new videos every single week. Brad teaches you all kinds of horsemanship. He ropes himself. He's placed at the World Series of Team Rapid Finale. He trains rope horses. He competes at the American Rope Horse Maturity Association events. And he is absolutely phenomenal at breaking down the horsemanship elements that might be missing from your roping. We have a free trial for you, Team Roping Journal subscribers and the SCORE listeners, and that is at offer.horseandrider.com backslash offer dash TRJ. So that's how you find your offer to get a membership or start your free trial to Horse and Rider On Demand. We want to hear what you think of it. We want to see how those tips are applicable to your roping life. We're going to have videos, inspirational videos up there. There's going to be a whole bunch of content. We are just kicking this off, and I'm hoping that you join us. Horse and Rider On Demand. All right. Well, tell me about what's your summer run going to look like? Um, just we're fixing to uh, head up to Colorado, uh, to our Colorado place up there. Kind of move some stuff and um, hang out there for a couple weeks, and then start at Reno. That'll be the next big place, the BFI in Reno. I'm up at the rodeo before the BFI. I think on that Saturday, maybe the 21st, mm-hmm. and then I uh, just take off from there. 
start uh, in the Northwest this year. At, uh, well, I'll start at Greeley. Greeley slacks early. So Greeley and then head up to St. Paul and do all that stuff. Gotcha. Very cool. And um, what's that money going to go toward? Is that money just rodeo money this year? Are you buying something? What's the... Man, it's gonna uh, it's gonna help us rodeo a little bit this summer, but the majority of it's gonna go to this new place. I think sure. they, uh, we just bought a new place here in Lampasas, and it'll kind of help us get that payment down a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you said you're, you've made a couple references to your breeding program. Um, are you guys doing anything different? Are you what's the breeding program plan right now? And are you gonna be well, breeding rope horses? Uh. uh Kind of a combination. Like, we bred my mare Jessica to traffic guy, and I think that'll be a, a cool cross this year for rope and barrels. You know, it's kind of uh, – we're, we're trying to find something where uh, we can do both on them, you know, where mm-hmm. it's not just one thing. And, uh, like, last year we bred Disco to be a Magnolia runner, which is the uh, uh, old stud of ours we actually sold him. But um, I have a mare out of hand that I wrote – turdy last fall that did great so i thought that would be a really cool combination where you could run barrels and team rope on them Mm -hmm. Uh, so we're just trying to find combinations like that and then obviously there's the uh britney has her you know dash to fames and stuff that i say they're not great to rope off of but i have a dash to fame there right now that uh, didn't work out in the barrels that's doing really good in the rope and so you just never know what kind of crosses you you can uh, do both on. We're just kind of experimenting with that. Yeah, very cool. We did sell. Uh, we did sell a lot of broodmares off and pulling embryos on just all the good mares. Now mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of what we decided to do and keep that mare power up. Yeah, absolutely, mare power. It's real. It's absolutely yeah. real. We have to talk to Uncle Brett about his mare before the summer is before the summer's out. We've got to talk about his great mare that you told me about that we have to add to our list for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm for gonna. Sure. Ricky, Ricky was awesome. That's awesome. I'm gonna corner him at a hospitality tent somewhere and force him into it. Yeah, you'll have to corner him. That's for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, Garrett, I will let you get back to family time and getting ready to head this way. And I'm sure I'll see you here in a couple days. All right. Sounds good, Charles. Thank you. Thank you, Garrett. Bye. Bye. Okay, everybody, thanks so much, Garrett. I'm so glad that you answered your phone when we called this morning, and we will talk to everybody later in the month.